Welcome to Entrepreneurhood, where we break entrepreneurship down into three simple pillars, business, lifestyle, and motivation. Our goal is to use our personal experiences as industry leaders to guide and inspire young entrepreneurs to see the lesson in every challenge, because we understand that companies don't succeed, people do. Now, welcome the leaders of Entrepreneurhood, Lakeham and KB. Welcome to the neighborhood. You got your boy Lake Kim in the building and I got my brother KB in the building with me. We on episode 42 and we decided to name this one. People only do what they're allowed. Now KB and I, we've been gone for a couple of weeks because we've been having some big milestones that we've been celebrating. I just got married and it's just a crazy milestone, man. Let's go. We jumped the broom. <laughs> Yeah, bro. Like, it's so crazy because having these milestones and and memories in life is even more memorable being able to share with, like, my brother. So KB was the best man at my wedding, and it was a movie, and it was just something that I'll never forget. Yeah, and first time me being a best man, so that was an exciting role to play. (laughs) (laughs) Once he told me how to speech, I'm like, oh, man, I got to get my bag. (laughs) Yeah, bro. Y'all should have heard KB, man. If y'all ain't hear the speech, man, he had the whole room applauding him and shit, like at the end. So it was just cool because that's something that we talked about as kids. And for us to like really actually get there is just cool. And yeah, it's just something, like I said, man, I'll never forget that. Dope moment, man. The whole thing with this episode, people only do what they're allowed. What I realized is us entrepreneurs, we set the standards. We want to do something. So it's easy for us to make exceptions to the rules because it's our rules. So what we say goes and what KB is going to do, KB is going to let y'all know why we decided to choose this topic and what the quarter of the day is. So KB, what's the quarter of the day? The biggest mistake a small business can make is to think like a small business. Facts. So if you're moving small, your money's going to be small, your time freedom is going to be small, <laughs> your customers are going to be small. So you got to move as a big business and you got to have policies as of a big business. You do it at your, your level, but make sure you have you know certain standards in place so you could get the job done. Yeah, man. I think that's so important because if you think small, you get small results. It's just, it's up to us to make sure we control our thinking. So That makes sense, bro. The reason why we chose this topic, because we know as entrepreneurs, we should value and stick to our standards. But when times get hard and our money starts to get short, we transcend into survival mode. Yeah. Not realizing that when we bend our standards and we lose our value and our credibility simultaneously. Yeah. So it's better to stay true to your standards and feel the pain than to bend your standards and lose your credibility. That's why we believe people only do what they're allowed. I feel like this topic is something that you and I, we've been talking about, and we have so many different examples of either people trying to get over on the standards we've set or people just making bold moves. And sometimes if you're not an experienced entrepreneur, bro, it's easy to be like, ah, you know what? I'm going to give you a pass. Or in the beginning stages, we gave people a pass because, again, we were just trying to survive. We were trying to get to the next day. Yeah. And let's just leave a disclaimer here. For all our employees and again clients, it's not you. It's probably was you a couple episodes ago, but this episode is not about you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for real. Because I, I feel like a lot of people sometimes, KB, they be coming up to us and be like, yo, was that about me? And it's nah, it wasn't. But the other episode was about you. So that's a fact, bro. So the first problem 
that we, we know entrepreneurs have when it comes to determining value. The first problem that we know entrepreneurs have is I just need the money right now. So this is always a hard medium because for your standards, especially like for me when I first started, because you have, I want to set standards, but I don't want to be broke anymore. So <laughs> to give you an example, I remember I used to do write back emails at 2 a.m. and 3 a.m. because I was trying to get them trained. And I was just trying to make some shake, but, <laughs> but at the same time, it's like, yo, if, if I talk to them at two or 3 AM, what's the chance of them getting up at nine and training? Yeah, that's <laughs> so a, true, bro. From a practical standpoint. And I learned a lot about just setting, you know, something simple as business hours. And that was a standard that I had to learn. But when you're broken, you like, yo, I got bills. I'm, I'm available whenever. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, bro. And I think, no, so that's, let's talk about that because a lot of entrepreneurs, this episode is really dedicated to solopreneurs, right? So we talking to the entrepreneurs that, you know, you a team of yourself, you grinding, you a full-time entrepreneur. And sometimes you get to a point where you hear yourself saying, I just need the money right now. I think what you just said, KB, is so crazy because when you were in the beginning stages and you were telling yourself, like you trying to make a sale at 10 o'clock at night to have someone train in the morning. What made you think that was an effective thing? What was happening? What was your thoughts on that, bro? I just had high belief, man. I'm an optimistic guy. <laughs> so my thing is, word is bond. So that's why I realized that's my thing. That's not everybody else's thing. I just think like they said he could do it and they can start tomorrow. Then let's start tomorrow. <laughs> and then what was the outcome? Did they show up? I got like a 20% success rate. It's funny because I ask people, how soon can you start? Some people who say tomorrow, I don't even believe them anymore. And one person's like, I can start today. (laughs) (laughs) And I had to happen like once or twice. But it's always a rare occasion. Everybody wants to start now because the emotions are so high. They just saw a couple pictures and they like, I see what you can do. I want to start immediately. And it's like, you got to really bring that down a second because you know that's not true. Like, yeah, <laughs> and you, bro, that's so funny you say that because it's the same thing when I offer people a job. Um, in the game of recruiting, one of my final questions I always ask people. So I'm like, one of the biggest things that play a role in whether I'm going to offer the job or not is how soon you can start. So the sooner a person is available to start, the more appealing that is for my team. And I say, so how soon can you start? When I hear people say, well, they're like, I could have started yesterday. <laughs> or <laughs> Or they'd be like, I could start like right now. What time is it? It's 12 because I could be there at two. And when they say that, I guess I understand the hunger. The, yeah, of what they're trying to show. But I'm like, if that's where you're at, there's a certain level of preparation that needs to go into this before you can start. So in the beginning stages of entrepreneurship, I used to view that as something exciting. But now I'm just like, all right, so you were to start it would be so many things that would go wrong because you're not prepared yet. So I think that's a big thing, bro, is the more experience you get in this game of business, the more you start to realize things and you don't just take the word for what they say. Yeah. Cause you get, you get more experience. You're trying to be more efficient instead of just being active. Yeah. And I think that's crazy. So here's something that I want to add to that, bro. When my experience as when I heard entrepreneurs say, I just need the money right now. And I feel like I've been in this spot all throughout my life. Then the second problem we have is when entrepreneurs say, I'll just give them one more chance. And us as entrepreneurs, I feel like that's one thing that is easy for us 
to say, I want to see someone do good so bad that I'm willing to make that exception. And I just hear a lot of entrepreneurs say this, bro, all the time. Like, I've said it multiple times my damn self. And my thing is, how many is too many? That's true. It's usually the sweet person, the night person who who can do it, who has the potential of doing it, but they didn't. It's a hard decision to make, but you got to keep the standard what it is, because if you don't keep the standard, then the next person come in is going to look at them like, you know, this is what she or he is doing. So I guess it's okay. Yeah. And it brings down the core. So it's tough doing it. Business is business. Again, you can't bend on that. I have an experience for that one, too. And then the last problem we got, bro, is when entrepreneurs say, I don't want to seem like a bad person. <laughs> yeah. For this problem, I see this happen to entrepreneurs who love the people more than the profits. Mm-hmm. Yes, we love people. We're not saying that. But at the same time, you got to get a transaction. You got to get sales to make a business. So you got to get results. You got to get all these things to have an efficient business or you're going to be in a, in a negative. And sometimes it's going to take you being playing a different role in the business. Because a lot of people, they like doing it, but they don't like doing like the backing work. They don't like doing the financial part. They don't like talking about it or asking people for pricing. With me, I had a certain thing. I, I don't really want to deal with the money. I'm like, nah. Now I'm like, nah, I need the money first before I, we even. Yeah, like I, I got to <laughs> deal with the money. Like, so I know you serious. I feel like when entrepreneurs say this, I don't want to seem like a bad person. Somebody got to play that role. And it, it's tough because it comes with the territory. Like it comes with being a boss is somebody has to share the bad news. But I think there's a way that you could do it without feeling bad about it. And that's why KB and I were going to share our experiences and then tell you the solution so you don't feel like you have to be a bad person when you're in this situation. Those are the three problems. And again, just to recap, to make sure everyone is following, the three problems we hear entrepreneurs say is, number one, I just need the money right now. Number two, I'll give them one more chance. And then number three, I don't want to seem like a bad person. So KB, let's jump into our experiences, man, just to let people know how we really feel and what our experience has been in the game. For the first experience, I just need the money right now. I definitely felt this as a solopreneur. Like, bills are up, pockets are down, and standards are off the window. <laughs> <laughs> like I said earlier, with the 2 a.m. and 3 a.m. emails, if I was up, I was open for business. Because <laughs> I was hungry and broke. So every convo... I just looked at it as an opportunity in my head. But eventually I learned that burned me. And it's okay to be hungry, but don't be desperate. You got to have a standard in your business. When did you start having business hours? What year was this? I would say probably like maybe three or four years ago where I just like, because Instagram, we're in a social media era and that's where a lot of my business come from. Sometimes you sitting there scrolling, people hit you up you know, at 12 a.m. and say, I want to train you. Ah, I'm already up. Let me just respond. And then you realize some people just want to talk. They just want to talk or they just inquire and they, they say, I'll get back to you. And I realize the people that hit me up around that time, usually people who are not really serious because if you're serious, you want to start in the morning. You want to start when your mind is fresh. It's not just like, all right, I'm just in the middle of the night. I want to actually train and work out. So it can maybe look at the psychological part about what time they hit me up and what they were doing. I had some people even contact me when they were on vacation. At first, I'm like, oh, she really want to go hard, but it's like, nah, she probably just feel bad how she's looking on pictures. 
Mm-hmm. So she wanted to do something about her body. She was following me before, but now she is really sinking in. She's gonna have that motion when she come back. So I ain't gotta hit. Her. <laughs> I ain't gotta hit her right now. She knows she's big, but nothing against as big or whatever. But it's like certain people they want to feel confident with their size and their weight. If you're on vacation hitting me, I will talk to you, but I'm not talking to you during a certain time frame. And so now. When someone does that, do you let them know you get back to them in a certain time or do you just leave it like, nah, oh. it's, it's stuff right now, Tim DMs not even open yet. <laughs> oh, snap. And the reason why I ask that, bro, is because I think it's, it's rare and it's hard for us as entrepreneurs to set those business hours, man. I think it's the same thing for me, man. When my mentors first told me that they have business hours, from a consumer standpoint, before I became my own boss, bro, it's 10 o'clock. Like, why are you not responding to me? Like, I got a question about work tomorrow. I just never really seen it from the side of the entrepreneur until I got there. Because then, bro, it became the same thing of like, when I was in that spot, and then I had my employees contacting me at 10, 11, 12, or 1 o'clock. And in the beginning, I thought everything was urgent. I thought everything was important. Until I started to realize that, like, they were asking me questions, bro, that could literally be answered in the morning. And it took me years to establish strong business hours. Why do you think us entrepreneurs, we struggle with that? If we know that we need our our time to ourselves, why do you feel like we don't establish our business hours for our sanity? Because I think that we're so goal driven. And we see the different things we can hit. Like, it's like, all right, I'm two sales away from hitting this number. So let me just take this and take this call. Even though I don't do it on this day particularly or do it at this hour, but this can turn into something. We lose ourselves within our business, sadly to say. We lose who we are and we become our business and we just on go 24-7. But at the same time, certain if it ain't cryptocurrency, <laughs> like <laughs> it's closed. Everything has a certain time frame, but I, I think we have to realize that. And as... Being a solopreneur is very hard because you're trying to be established. So now I have more leg room to hit certain people back because the demand is so crazy where I can't hit everybody back at once. I get it to being at that stage, but if I would have known what I know now, we definitely did differently because the stress that we put on ourselves Facts. That yeah. doesn't allow us to perform at a, a high level. So it's like you keep putting the stress on you, you're not getting enough sleep. You were working at 2, 3 in the morning. Now you got to get up. And you can't be your best. And you're cranky. People. Yeah, you're yeah. cranky and frustrated. Yeah, so it's, it's a lose in the end. They do what they allow. So your favorite store is closed and you missed it by two minutes. You're going to make sure if you want to get there tomorrow, you're going to be there 10 minutes earlier. Yeah, or I think Chick-fil-A. Like people yeah. want Chick-fil-A on Sunday and it's, bro, It's there's nothing you could do. At all. <laughs> <laughs> I get that, bro. And, and I think that's the biggest thing I wanted you to drive home is just understanding the boundaries because us entrepreneurs, sometimes we forget that. So here's my experience, bro. When people say, I just need the money right now, my experience is I've been in this spot all throughout my life. Literally before I became a business owner, whenever things got tight, I felt like I was always in a desperate spot. And I don't know why, but I always found myself taking less than what I knew I deserved just to get the quick cash. If you hurting, I'm like, yo, I know this is worth a hundred. Give me 30 bucks and, and I'm good. And I just knew I was losing money. And I was like, but that's not a good business principle. That's horrible. Like I'm taking losses intentionally just because I want the quick buck. And here's my, my example of like my last bad investment was when I you know purchased the mobile barbershop. 
So the mobile barbershop, bro, I spent $30,000 in building it. And then I sold it for 11000 Damn. And a lot of people don't know that. They applaud me for investing in that and, and having that to showcase because it's something that I wanted to invest in. But the reality of it is I made an impulse buy to invest in it. And I made an impulse sell because I just wanted to get rid of it. And I realized that it wasn't an investment that I wanted to make in the first place. And why did I do that was because I didn't have anything of my own that I could sell other than what I was currently doing for my company. So my sales company, I represent Fortune 100 and 500 clients. So I sell and market their products. And during the pandemic, I wanted something that I could sell that was mine. Yo, this is Lake Kim's investment. This is Lake Kim's whatever. And I just got caught in a tough spot. And then I was like, yo, man, do I keep this truck and pay? I had it in storage. And I was like, do I just keep paying the storage fee at $300 a month with the intention of someday probably someone would buy it for more than the 11000 Because to be honest, if I held it, Mm-hmm. I might have been able to sell it for fifteen, sixteen thousand, but then I had a buyer that said, "Hey, I'll take it for what it is. I'll take it as is. I know it needs more investments or more improvements." And then I had my bachelor trip coming up, so I was like, "All right, let me just get rid of this. <laughs> let me just take the eleven bands, and I'm gonna be in Mexico with my boys anyway." I just got rid of it, and that was a prime example. Is I didn't really need the money. But I was just like, I'd rather just get the money quick when if I had played the patient game, I probably would have made more money. Let's just take a step back to dive into it. That This happened during the pandemic and you had a pressure on you to make a move. What was the thing that once you make that particular move for getting a barbershop truck? As an entrepreneur, we train ourselves to see opportunity. And during the pandemic, I felt like I saw that people were like going through a rough time, bro. Nobody was getting a haircut. Nobody was, everybody was looking rough. And someone presented an idea to me like, yo, Lake Kim, I got a mobile barbershop. He told me how much he put into it. And I seen how much money he was making. So I seen that as an opportunity because that's what we train ourselves to do. I wasn't evaluating the risk of what would happen. I was like, yo, if this works, the reward, the upside is going to be crazy. That's a flaw us entrepreneurs have. So I just seen that. And then I said, look, I want parts of it. And I just wanted something that I could sell or a service that I could offer to people that I have control over. And that's a good point that you brought up is that there are certain opportunities, but you got to know what's the opportunity for you. Facts. And you got to balance out really right down the risk factors. Like what's the worst case scenario and what's the best case scenario. And from there, it will give you a clear uh, conscience of what decision to make. But due to the circumstances, like, yo, this is the pandemic. Let me just do it. Get extra battery behind your back. Like, I'm, I'm just go for it. So I think that's the hard thing about entrepreneurs is knowing that, you know, every opportunity might not be for you. And it's okay. It's like in the stock market. Every play is not for you. If you miss it, don't let FOMO mess you up. And then now you down you know, 20K. Yeah. Because you got it at the wrong time. <laughs> <laughs> that was probably my biggest thing is I, I do make a lot of impulse decisions and I learned from it because in the game of business, once people start to see you do well, everybody has an opportunity for you. Everybody. they like, yo, KB, you should join this or you should promote this or yo, Lay, like you really good at talking about this. Can you like, you know, and it's, that's where as entrepreneurs, we got to know our standards. We got to know what we good at. 
and and be firm and stick to what we know and learn about the things that we're unsure of because just jumping into something blonde is not a good move. For the second problem, I'll give them one more chance. Like any relationship, business or personal, I personally, I always want to make it work. That That's just, that's one of my strongest suits and my biggest weaknesses. One more chance can ruin your business core. For example, I had to get rid of some training clients who were draining me every time they worked out. And it wasn't because they couldn't do it. It's just that the whole attitude and their approach was just cancerous. <laughs> but it never starts off that way. They're usually a cool in the beginning and then people get comfortable. Because I'm a cool trainer and I'm also like people like therapists, but they get comfortable with me and they just think, ah, I'm not doing that. So, Yo, you pay me to make sure you get the results that you need to achieve. You're not going to tell me you're not doing it. Like, you could you go home to do that. <laughs> as soon as I see people start drying up, I talk to them, like, immediately now. And I know people have ups and downs. In your mind, if you don't really line up about what you're trying to do, why you're here, then you got to go. I keep it like that because I always talk to people because everybody has different mood swings. You know, I'm dealing with women, so... They have a mood swing every day. You know? <laughs> Anything can bother them. So I know the approach of dealing with women will be different from men. Some of them, they just, they're not in it. And when they're not in it, they're not in that right space, they can never get the results. And I tell them that. I was like, Yo, you're never going to get the results because your mind is somewhere else. Yeah, man. And I think as entrepreneurs, like you said, we're people that we just care about people. We want to see everybody do good for the most part. Is Like you said, but it's tough because when people get comfortable then it's like, all right, now I got to lay the line down and I got to be firm on my standards because it's either we're going to keep working together and I'm going to look silly or I got to make you go. You, you got to go because you're not respecting what we talked about. Yeah, people don't do what they allow. So that's why I'm like, I had to have a sit down and, and talk with you, but you got to go because if it's draining me to even tell you to do something, not even just to motivate you to do something, what I'm here for, because I, I trade in groups. So if... One person is, yo, I don't want to do burpees. Nobody wants to do burpees. Let's just put that out there. But if somebody saying, yo, I'm not doing it, I'm looking at you laughing like, all right, you got 10. But like, yo, I'm not doing it. And then in that type of energy is now you trying to go against me in the force of what's going on. All right, I got to talk to you after class. All right, you got to go. I can't deal with that no more. KB, when was the last time you let somebody go? What was her name? Client A. <laughs> and then how long ago was this that like you had to be firm on your standard? Was this like, a week ago, man, I, I trained too many people. I forget, man. I got like 300, 300 clients. <laughs> Listen, I was trying to get him to give us something extra, but not like the reality of it is like, bro, it's so, it happens so often that it's, we just got to be firm because it's like a revolving door and our standards got to be firm regardless. So here's my situation, KB. Like every time I've given someone an extra chance beyond what I should, it always seems to like not work out. Here's the situation. In the past, I vowed to not lend my employees any money when they get a bad paycheck because when they get a bad paycheck, it's their fault why their paycheck is so low, right? Like it's not, we're on a hundred percent commission. So if, if your commission is low, it's because your work ethic was horrible. I felt like I was in situations, I was like, all right, like Kim, don't lend no one no money. Don't lend no one no money. And then felt like they worked hard or I felt like an uncontrollable happen. A moral and I, victory. Yeah. And I felt like something happened. So I went against what what I believed in. And I was like, if I lend them money, it's going to make them feel better. And then I'm going to make my money back because it's going to give me more time to develop them. And that was my thought process with lending money. And what happens is 
after I lend them the money, bro, they quit the next day. <laughs> oh, damn. I have so many old employees that I lent money to and then they quit. So I'm saying this to every employee that owes me money. Everybody that owes me money that I lent you money, I want my money back, KB. Like, I want my money. It's shame on me, though, because, again, yeah. people, they do what you allow. And, and I allowed myself to go against my standard of not lending money. And because of that, I've been burnt. And, bro, there's thousands of dollars out there, bro, of people that owe me money because I went against my standard. Yo, it's crazy. You got to let people go hungry sometimes. If they go hungry and they don't eat and they realize, like, what did I do today? I worked, but I didn't make anything. I, that will make them feel it more. And I've been learning that. Lately. You got to let people feel their own fire because if they don't feel the fire, they're not going to feel like, know what it feels like to get burnt. Because we know how it feels like to get burnt. <laughs> it's very important to do that as an entrepreneur because it starts off with you. So the kind of person you are, if you're caring and you want to see people win, but you got to draw a line somewhere. Because if you don't, you're just going to keep getting burnt over and over. And then now you're going to have super trust issues. <laughs> yeah, bro. And that's how I feel. So it's, I just want to share that experience with entrepreneurs because it's like, bro, every time you go against your standards or you bend on that standards, you're just digging yourself deeper in a hole because whether it's lending money, losing money, telling someone it's okay for you to show up late, like that's fine. It's no, by you doing that, again, you're losing your credibility because the people who show up on time, they're like, okay, B, she showed up late and you ain't make her do extra burpees? Bet. <laughs> All right, next time I'm showing up five minutes late and I better not do no burpees, KB. So that's why standards are important. When I even set that rule of people coming late and do burpees, it makes me set my standard. Like, I got to be there before them. And it makes me become a better person. So it's like the standards is for the other people, but it's also for you as well. And when you have that set, you could get more done. That's what I'm saying. I'm not here to say just be a drill sergeant, but I'm like, if you come on time, we can get more done. We burn more calories, you could get better results. So I had a person complain, like, I, I, I'm not getting enough results. I'm like, yo, you come at 10, 10, and class is at 10. You could have got so much done within those 10 minutes. But if you're not valuing my time, I don't care about your money. I could replace you with somebody else who wants it. You know what I'm saying? So people had that, like, oh, well, I'm paying you. You know, I understand it. You're paying for a service. I'm going to deliver the service to you. But I get to choose my certain type of clientele. I don't have to take you. And then when you explain to people like that, oh, wow, I didn't even look at it like that. I get paid for the results. You came here because you saw somebody else. I need somebody to come because they see you. So this ball going to get rolling whether you want it or not. And that's the thing because that's my – now you're taking food out of my plate, out of my pocket. And now it's me versus you. I'm picking me every time. That's true, bro. And I think, again, man, with these standards, like we're just trying to find so many different ways to explain to our listeners, yo, stay true to it, man. Because if you don't, again, is it just sets a bad tone for everybody else on the inside and the outside looking. So the next problem we have is when our entrepreneurs say, I don't want to seem like a bad person. When I hit this problem, I think of entrepreneurs who are super emotionally inclined. They are passionate about the art, but not the back-end work. Like, for example, an artist who loves to paint high-end portraits but has a hard time collecting payments from his customers. Like, they rather deal with the art stuff, but they'd rather not deal with the part they're not really strong in. So they take losses because they lower their standards. People always say, I love doing this, but I hate doing the business part. I'm like, how you keep being able to do what you want to do? <laughs> yeah. 
those people, they try to shy away from the essentials you need to have a, a successful business, which is transactions, which is having you know, income coming in. If you shy away from that process of taking payments and, and, ma- and telling people, you have to pay me. We, <laughs> we made this agreement. This is what the time you're supposed to pay me. Because even in the beginning, when I was training, especially people I knew, I didn't feel comfortable tackling from, like, for money. And the only reason I didn't feel comfortable because I owe like Sprint money, I owe Discover money, so I felt I could get a little grace for them. But I'm like, nah, Discover them calling me every day for their money. <laughs> they texted me, they they called me from different numbers, <laughs> emails, <laughs> exactly. So I'm like, nah, I don't have to be annoying like that. But I have to let people know I'm not going to allow you to train, and you say you're going to pay me on Friday, because I realized. The people you give a discount to or give a leeway to, they give you the most problems. And all the can... time. All the time, bro. <laughs> so, like, I have people that try to start off like, yo, can I pay half on the first month? So, if, if you got to pay half on the first month, that just means you can't afford it going forward. And this is trying to be a habit. You're not my client. Yeah. And it's okay if you can't train me. It's cool. But I can't tell my landlord, like, oh. I'm going to pay you half now, and I'll pay you a little half later. <laughs> I'm about to go on this trip, but I got you. I'm going to pay you. So that's the thing. When you give people different type of analogies, they learn to listen, and they learn to understand. Because I had my classes. So the classes I have is weekly. You know, it's like a concert, so I call it tickets. If you pay for a concert ticket, all your favorite artists is there. The Baby, Drake, Jay-Z, Travis Scott. You pay for that ticket. You don't show up in that city on that day at that time. You can't take that New York City ticket to Atlanta and go to the concert. At all. Oh, I, I didn't look at it like that. I'm like, yo, it's 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 a certain event for a certain time frame. You can't just be transferable to everything. Like, this is not what this is. And that's clearly explained that within the policy. And, and like, by telling people that, it's like, I have to go to this extent to, for them to understand. I don't care because it is what it is. But sometimes I let people give a leeway. But it's like that becomes a habit, and it's like I can't do that because I'm losing value of what I'm doing, and I'm losing money because now you taking up a spot. I could have had two or three people in there. I feel like I see a lot of entrepreneurs say that I'm just uncomfortable getting what's owed to me, and when people say that, obviously you finally have overcame that that challenge. Why do you feel like other entrepreneurs they say that they're like I know that I provided a service or something, but I'm just I just don't want to like be that guy or girl. That saying, hey, pay me. I believe it's the confidence of knowing that your value and your worth. If you deliver goods or services, you got to understand, like, there has to be a transaction for that, especially if people have agreed, you know, have terms to agree to pay you. When you start off small, you're like, I'm not there yet, like, as far as policy. Like, I'm not that big of a brand to be telling people they're supposed to pay me. That's the, the thoughts I was having. Ah, you know, I just started out. I'm only asking people for $12, $8 to pay me. At the same time, it should be nothing because it's only $8, $12. But people just feel like, all right, that's KB. He just started. He got his little business. I'm paying him. I'm paying him. People try to not put no respect on your name. So you got to stand bold. Nah, I need my money. How are you going to send it? <laughs> <laughs> How are you going to send it when you say, oh, I'm going to send it Friday? Okay, so I'm going to get back to you on Thursday. Right? You got to talk that talk differently because you got bills. bills you got to eat. You got to put closing back. You got to keep money to keep your business rolling. They're not worried about that. That's not their job to worry about that. That's your job. And I think as a solopreneur, you guys have to understand that people will only do 
what they allow. You're not a bad person. You're the person that's about their business. Yeah, man. And I think like I've been guilty of that myself. I think for my example and experiences in team building, I build really strong relationships with my employees, right? We work out together. We eat dinner together. We talk on the phone for hours. Like we do team activities. It's like a relationship. When it's time to let someone go, I always have a hard time because I like them as a person. But one of the things that my mentor told me over the years is that when someone is not doing well on my team and I keep them around, I'm being selfish as a leader. Because if someone isn't making enough money, let's say someone is making $300 a week, but they bring good energy and they're just good to be around. They're making less than minimum wage at working at a restaurant or working at McDonald's. That's not fair for me as a leader to keep them around because, yeah, they want to be around me because of the mentorship I could provide and for the culture that we have. But by them staying and making that much money, that's just that's not cool. And I never looked at it like that because when he presented it to me, it was like, like Kim, keeping the person struggling around you. That's selfish. And I was like, I'm not a selfish person. Don't call me selfish. But he was just really trying to explain it to me of just don't be that person to keep struggling people around you. That was just something that like really connected with me. At that point, they just got to change their position. They can't be a sales rep. You got to pay them as a greeter. You got good energy. You got good vibes. You can just stand at the door, get everybody hyped in the morning. We pay you $8, $10 an hour. And go and, home. Yeah. That's what, you, <laughs> that's what you've been making. <laughs> so <laughs> you cool with that? Because that's what you've been making. If you can get people motivated and help them get more sales, we give you a bonus. And that's where they value lied. The relationship I had, I know in my gut, I'm like, like Kim, they got to go. You got to shoot a hostage, man. Like, you got to get them out of here. And that was like a struggle. Or another example, KB, is like when someone showed up late, and I had to send them home to make an example of them. I didn't feel comfortable doing that because it oh, sucks. The Coach Richardson. It's, bro, you got to send them home because you, you want to be late, brother? Okay, you're done. Everybody on the baseline and you going home. That's the tough part. When you a coach, when you a boss, when you a leader, you got to do that. And it sucks because it's like when you hanging out with the person the night before, you getting drinks, like y'all chopping it up and then the next day they late and then yeah. now I'm like it's not fun but that's the price of being a boss yeah because we, we they need that accountability and because even as a leader all right these are the lines that I'm doing so if you right, I probably should never take this shot because I know I got to get up and you take that shot because you were excited and you was lit and you don't wake up in the morning your job is on the line because that shows you can't be responsible under pressure so how are you going to make a sale in front of somebody if they got you cornered off? Because it's the same type of tactics that you need to make a sale to win somebody over at their door. If you can't respond to pressure from your peers, then you ain't built for being a salesperson. And that's just the reality of it. So it's, I feel when entrepreneurs, they have a hard time just having the uncomfortable conversations, man, because it's not easy, especially when you like somebody or when you want to see someone do well. But when they're not doing good for themselves, or they're not respecting the policies and the standards that you have. That's why you are the boss. That's why you are a leader. You are meant to enforce that. And if you're not able to do that, you got to get out of the game of being a leader of people. Yeah. And you're going to end up following the boundaries of somebody else who is a leader. <laughs> exactly, bro. They either play by 
your rules or you're going to play by somebody else's rules. I'm hoping that our listeners in the community, man, they really saw something that connected with their situation because what we like to do now, man, let, let's jump into the solutions because once we share all of the things that we've been through, we want to give you some takeaways that let y'all know, like, how do you actually solve these problems? So KB, what's the first solution you got? Uh, the first one I have is respect yourself. Don't let hard times cause to lose who you are. Your business is one thing, but your dignity is another. So if you're always available to people, then they won't appreciate your presence. And two, if you never have downtime, then how can you work on your business? So that's the thing is you taking these long emails or you're doing it at a certain time where you're not supposed to be doing it, then how are you working on it? Because we know as entrepreneurs, you have to work in your business, you have to work on it. And exactly. you're, kinda, you're really cheating yourself and you're, you're losing money when you don't respect yourself. So that's, that's one of my first takeaways for people who said, I just need the money right now. That's so true because that's very similar to the takeaway that I got. So when entrepreneurs say, I just need the money right now, here's, here's what I think. I think money will come and go, but your respect and your credibility takes years to build, right? So as my entrepreneurs, you don't want your business, your brand to be known as a discount store or a thrift store. Because when I think of a discount store or thrift store, I think of something that's like low quality or a thrift store. You might find value, you might not. And you don't want people to be wish-washy with what you stand for. Instead, I want my entrepreneurs to be known as like a Lambo or Rolex. Like when you think of a Lambo and a Rolex, you think of high quality, you think of high standards. And those brands, they never really go on sale because it's either you could afford a Lambo or you can't. There's really no in between. So for all of my entrepreneurs that say, I just need the money right now, don't take the short term profits and affect your brand long term because it's, it's never worth it. I wonder if I could get the Lambo, if I could just pay for like half now and then they could hold it for me and I could pay the other half next year. Yeah. If, if you got to buy a Lambo like that, you shouldn't be buying a Lambo. Like, it don't work like that. That's like buying a Lambo and worry about gas. <laughs> yeah. It's like your time is not your time yet. Uh, for the second uh, takeaway, for people who say, I'll give them one more chance. Stop it. Cut your losses. I repeat, cut your losses. If you have an underwhelming client, employee, or business partner, let them go. Granted, make sure you serve great communication first, but after that goes nowhere, cut your losses. Back to back to when I, I messed around with stock options. It hurts <laughs> to hold on to them, but it hurt me more rather than letting it go. Yeah. Because you just think, yo, I'm down 30%. I don't want to let it go. It's going to go back up. Next thing you know, it goes all the way to zero. <laughs> Instead of being down $100, I'm down 500 now. And I should have cut my losses early. And I could have, if I would have stuck to my standard of knowing if I'm under 30, just let it go. And I think as entrepreneurs, we need to have our standard. And if it goes below our standard, cut your losses. Wow. That's true, bro. And that's a perfect example because, again, if you stick to your guns when it comes to rolling out what you believe in and, and what you're willing to accept, then it's, you don't have to think about it because if it hits this criteria, it's it, it got to go. My solution is very similar, right? When people say, I'll give them one more chance, the best way to avoid being in this situation 
is to set the right expectations before things get bad. Like anytime I caught myself in this situation saying I'm going to give someone one more chance, it's because I waited until things got bad. Then I had to be fair and give them an extra chance. And that's all because I didn't tell them the consequences of their actions up front. Yeah. And that's really what it is. If Again, if you don't want to be that person of just saying, I'm going to give them one more chance, just be clear up front. Like what KB said, man, just the communication initially will fix so many problems before things hit the fan. Yeah. And then you just hold on to a toxic relationship. <laughs> yeah, man. There's no more chances. <laughs> You knew what you knew what the situation was before it got here. So I think that hopefully my entrepreneurs they take that away. Uh, and I go it's similar to my, my third takeaway for entrepreneurs say I don't want to seem like a bad person. So my answer to that is the house always wins. So if you guys gamble or go to a casino, the house makes the rules. So if you go to your friend's house, the way they play Uno is how you gonna have to play Uno because it's their house. <laughs> <laughs> so what that means is by having policies in place from the jump, so everybody knows the rules, just like how you were referring to. So when what when that happens, if they don't follow them, this saves you from getting emotionally invested. Yeah. Just like every app on our phone, they have terms and conditions as soon as we download it. If you agree, you got to check the box to continue. If you don't agree, you can't get the app. <laughs> it, it's, it's very, it's very not even... It's very second nature for us to just check the boxes automatically because why? We want what we want. So in the same aspect, if people want your business, they want your service, make sure they check the boxes first because if they don't check the boxes, then all right, yo, this is not for you. So like literally now, every time somebody pays, I send them my policy and I let them know. If you have any questions, let me know. Are you agreeing to this? Because this is what it is. So when it comes two months down the line, Yo, KB, can I reschedule? I'm like, you only can reschedule twice. You try to reschedule three or four times. That can't work. You got to forfeit your sessions. The house always wins. So it's this is the rules at my house. So don't put your feet on my couch. You got to get the step in. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, I like that, man. Because when you say these examples, man, it really, you know, the different analogies, it makes sense because you break it down in such simple terms. Yeah, if you go into someone's crib playing Uno, like it's their rules. Like it, it is what it is. You go, you play ball and someone else on their court in their hometown. It is what it is. Like you bringing it to their city. So you got to respect it or it was going to be a problem. <laughs> Straight up. So, and, and something that I have similar is this. So when my entrepreneurs say, I don't want to seem like a bad person, here's my solution. You are not a bad person. You are the boss, right? That's just what it is. There's no getting around that. And bosses have to enforce what needs to get done. Remember, you get paid the big dollars because you have to make the uncomfortable decisions. Or you will get paid the big dollars because you have to make the tough decisions. Either way, by you taking on that responsibility of being an entrepreneur, being a leader, like whatever that leadership role is, there's a price of being in that leadership role. So you're not a bad person. You're the boss. It pays to be the boss. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for real. So dope to talk about this episode because there's something that every entrepreneur is going to have to come across. Yeah, at some point, you have to hit this wall and really demand a certain type of respect 
for yourself and for your business. My final thoughts is now everyone could agree people only do what they allow. Ask yourself this. What are you allowing in your business? What are you not allowing in your business? And if you don't have one, I urge you to please write down a policy of everything that you want, how you want your business to run and stick to it. Do not settle. Do not bend. Do not fold because the boundaries are going to be comfortable for you and your customer. If they can't agree to that, do you understand we can't do business? Because when you don't do that, you lose dignity, you lose, you lose time, you lose energy, and you lose your focus on what you're here for. And you're not going to get no money that way. Let's get to the facts here. We're in business so we can make repeated sales and run smoothly so we can get to that solopreneur, small team, and get to the scale season. How can you have a big company if you can't deal with it in a little phase yeah. where it's just you? Because once you have employees, they're going to only do what you allow them to do. So all my solopreneurs, please understand, people only do what they're allowed. So let them know what's allowed. Bro, and I think that it can't get any clearer than that. Like, I just think it's the facts are the facts. So like, my final thought is the best way to make sure your standards are enforced is let people know up front. Like, again, I always say people don't mind bad news or standards. They just don't like surprises. So if you're clear up front and people know what is required to do business with you, there's going to be no issues or very little issues because it's black and white. So all my entrepreneurs, man, when you set a standard, be clear, communicate it up front, and people going to respect your rules because it's your house. So remember, people only do what they're allowed. Entrepreneurhood. Anyone can start, but only champions finish. Now that you've completed this episode, you're ready to continue your journey by connecting directly with our hosts of Entrepreneurhood. Follow us on Instagram at The Entrepreneurhood to stay updated with the community. For each episode, the first set of listeners to tag us on Instagram and leave a five-star review will be entered into a drawing to get a free one-on-one -on -one coaching session on the topic of entrepreneurship with our hosts. Remember, there is no shame in struggling because we fail, we grow, and we win right here on Entrepreneurhood.